John Krasinski was bad-mouthing a movie, and P.T. Anderson said, hang on, yeah, don't say that movie's bad, because that person was trying. They're trying to do something different. And when you say, you know, movie's bad, and then that becomes the, the culture around this movie, it gives us less license to take chances with our movies. And to take, yeah. I disagree. Sorry, PT. <laughs> Big fan, but I disagree. Big fan. <laughs> Big fan. Big fan of all his work. I don't think he's made a bad movie. No, I, don't I think so. guess you've proven me wrong. It's easy for him, who doesn't make bad things, to say <laughs> never that criticize others because he doesn't even know what it feels like because he only makes good things. But some people don't care. Some people do not care, and they still make it anyway. Hit <laughs> him. Welcome to Filmhouse, everybody. Uh, this week's episode is sponsored by Mac Weldon, the world's best menswear's essentials. Uh, my name is Daniel. I've got Elise Willems, James Willems, Hello. and Josh Flanagan with me today. Hi. Super guest bud. How are you doing, Josh? So good. You ready to talk about some movies? Yes, I am. Right Thank on. you for it's asking. all he ever talks about. Thank you God. for asking. <laughs> we tried to get him on a different yeah. show. He refused. It's like oh, movies no. or his chronic talking, pain. Talking about glass? <laughs> no. And how, how my chronic pain feels like glass? You're a Mr. Glass. Yeah, what did you think about glass? I haven't seen it, but I hear it's great. <laughs> From the comments? Yeah. A <laughs> um, little bit of housekeeping up front. Uh, last week, in the past couple of weeks, we've had a few... Uh, episodes of this show where there's been no little trailer videos at the bottom and everyone wants to point out that we've forgotten it. Somehow we're all of a sudden idiots and we've forgotten to put up the trailers. But we've been getting a lot of copyright strikes or claims against videos, uh, especially the Glass and the Spider-Man one. Um, there seems to be no rhyme or reason to when these strikes happen. So if there's no video down at the bottom, someone decided to claim copyright on a trailer. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But to fix that, while you guys talk about the movies, I'm going to describe what's on screen. Oh, okay. And okay. like really like, why was Burns? Yeah. Like, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so we we didn't forget. We're just, uh, we're trying to figure out why they're getting struck. Um, also, another uh, housekeeping event. People keep saying watch Super Dragon Ball Super Brawly. No, they keep asking what we think about Dragon yeah. Ball Super Brawly. And? Broly. Is that the movie seen. that made ten million, like at the U.S. box office? That mm-hmm. was like a like top three of its weekend. It was crazy. Didn't, yeah. Did your Huge. brother see it? What? Your brother saw. My it. brother saw it. I haven't seen it. What did he think? Was your brother's? Review? I haven't talked to him about it. I assume okay. he enjoyed it. Everyone that I know who has seen it says it's great. Here's the thing, though. I don't watch Dragon Ball Super. I haven't watched Dragon Ball Super. So to go see a Dragon Ball Super movie. I'm a little hesitant because yeah. that's like you're a fan of Friends, but now they're making a movie about Joey, and I don't watch Joey. Um, so I don't know, but I've heard it's great. I will probably watch it eventually. I got a little soured because I watched Battle of the Gods, which was not good. Um, what did you say? No, nothing. There's something. Um, Josh worked on that. But I have heard it is very good, and when I do see it, I will make sure to let every single person I've ever spoken to about it, know how I felt. All right, so enough comments about have you watched this movie. We'll let you know when we do. I will tell you. Um, so yeah, uh, a little bit in the news this week. It's uh, January is pretty rough for movies, news, and films. Um, we got a little teaser for Birds of Prey. I know everyone's super excited oh, about oh, Birds of Prey. Terrible. This um, looks so fucking shitty. How, how do you get make a movie like Suicide Squad and you get? essentially three sequels. You get this, you get Suicide Squad 2, and you get a standalone Joker, Joker. movie out of such such a, an abomination. I, I don't... 
I would love to be in the room for that Because I think that as bad as Suicide Squad was, people did love Margot Robbie in it. They did. It won an Oscar. It won an Oscar. I mean, it made a shit ton of money. It made money. The big thing is it made a shit ton of money. It made a shit ton of money. I enjoyed her as as Harley Quinn. Like, I I think she's just fun to watch. I, I, I do think it's people love Margot Robbie. When, mm-hmm. when the first suicide, yeah, I don't think, I don't think I she's that great of so Harley cr- Quinn. I think she's just a likable human being. Um, I, I remember when the first Suicide Squad trailer came out and it like ended with her going like, she didn't even say like a pun or whatever. She just had a bat. She's like, let's go. And then everyone's like, oh, it's finally Harley Quinn is real. <laughs> finally. Oh, thank God. I was like, I was like, this is. The lowest common denominator. It's just because Margot Robbie's good. But even isn't and she this basically is the same thing. isn't she basically doing a, an Arkham Asylum impression though? I I don't know. I just I was never like ah. Oh. So well, it also it's just like it's just wackiness. Yeah. It's just it. Oh, she's got a drink. This is literally a screen test yes. that they decided <laughs> to put up to promote it because they know you don't give a shit. <laughs> like they they I, are just having drinks in the think, back lot at Warner. I think Margot Robbie is great. And I think she is trying, and she probably really likes playing Harley Quinn or whatever. But it's cool outfits, man. It's yeah. all just the lowest common denominator shit. Dan, do you know who's directing this movie? Oh, like, God. who who are the? I'd be curious to know the creative Can leads look? behind we, this yeah. film because maybe there's maybe there's more to it. Maybe I do believe they've it. given it to a female. That's to right, direct. a female a woman. A female. Mm. Check the uh, chromosome male. <laughs> Um, I just think releasing something like this is such a low effort. It's clearly a screen test. Yeah. They're clearly just seeing how some of the costumes look. When does it, does this come out this year? Is it, is it 2019? I don't know. Uh, This is 2020. This should be Okay, so that, yeah, so they don't have jack shit. They don't have anything to show, but they still said, why don't we just show nothing? Kathy Yan. And that tells me how they feel, or at least how executives where uh, Warner Brothers marketing feels about this movie, which is they're going to eat my shit, and I don't care. I don't know who this is. Kathy Young got me sweating. I don't know what she's done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, you know, the, the one interesting thing that I saw that someone pointed out about this trailer is that you can maybe see the difference between the male gaze from Suicide Squad and the female gaze with just the way Harley's portrayed and mm-hmm. how she's dressed. It's a lot of butt in Suicide Squad. A lot yeah. of butt. A lot Does of dirty. Does she not have butt in this? I mean, I, we don't know yet. She's we're in a sports we're, bra. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Everyone likes to look at butt. Everyone you know? likes to look at butt. It's yeah. a little less trashy. A but, little bit more glam. Butt is one of the most universal things. It doesn't matter yeah. your sexuality. You're into butt. I Even just, if you're I, asexual, you're still like, well, I like the butt. I just don't want to fuck it. <laughs> I just feel like the male gaze is not the problem with Suicide Squad. No. <laughs> if that's your what you walk away from that movie critiquing, like, you got you got some bigger issues. I think. All right, I've had enough of this. We've trained uh, <laughs> Warner Brothers to know we don't care. A um, so. little bit of news on the Dooku front. <laughs> yeah, what? I know everyone's real excited. I know. Uh, Is it back? No, it's actually officially done. Um, but the Invisible Man is greenlit with the director from Upgrade, mm-hmm. Lee Wannell. Okay. I haven't seen Upgrade, but people say it's, it's pretty good. fucking rad. It's good. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's cool. Um, it's like a futuristic John Wick. Yeah. Johnny Depp no longer involved. Well, he, they said he won't be appearing in it, which I think makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> he, still, he still may be portraying the Invisible Man. He just won't be appearing in the film. Okay. But 
<laughs> so I, I think Universal's actually done the right thing here. Um, Peter Kramer, uh, Universal's pr- president of production, says the studio is excited to take a more individualized approach for their return to the screen, shepherded by creators who have stories that they are passionate to tell. So they're going to focus on giving filmmakers that actually have a vision uh, the ability to make these movies instead of just creating some huge universe with you know a studio stamp on it. They don't sure. want to force it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that so, sounds like good PR to me. <laughs> well, and if they actually do it, I think that's probably the right way to bring these characters back. Yeah. Yeah. If there was a way that these, because uh, don't get me wrong, like I thought the Dooku is a really fun idea. I love those universes, and I think we have, we've talked about like Night in the Lonesome October, the Rogers Lazenby book, uh, which is kind of like taking classic characters and putting them all together, and so that kind of made me excited for the Dooku. Um, the but mummy they, ruined that. But they did that already. They did, it was called Monster Squad. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, <laughs> 1987. We always talk, you, we talk about Monster Squad about once a day here. Um, Let's do it again. Though, if there's an organic way where it seems like these movies come out and they go, hey, well, maybe there's an opportunity to mix my world and yours. I'm totally down for it still. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. all you're going to get is Invisible Man. <laughs> <laughs> no Bride of Frankenstein? I, I would say that, like, the Invisible Man may actually stand because there are. It's not like there's every 20 years there's another Invisible Man movie. Right. So there probably is an interesting there's take on man. that story. Yeah, I guess there was a Hollow Man. <laughs> I don't know. True. We'll see. I, I don't, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Blumhouse, they've been on fire recently, I think. Um, Jason Blum is attached to produce. Mm-hmm. Um, all those other people, uh, Depp, Bardem, Tom Cruise, Russell Crowe, I guess they have the option should a filmmaker they're interested in working with attach themselves to Bride of Frankenstein or whatever, uh, those guys can get back in, but uh, it looks like it's dead. But didn't they take all the time, too, to do a bunch of PR with all those people? Like, there's yeah. all these photo shoots with, like, all six or seven of those people. Yeah. Like, look at this team we've assembled for this. But they're all Photoshopped together, which is the best part. None of them were in the same yeah. room together, and Tom Cruise <laughs> is, like, eight feet yeah, tall. Yeah, I was going to say six or five. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm one inch taller than Tom Cruise. So. Ooh, right. look at you. Yeah. So I, I know our fans like us talking about the Dooku, mm-hmm. so I figured we'd touch on that real quick. Dooku's um, back, but also done. Just some, like the classic Dooku form. <laughs> something I'm actually re- really stoked for is uh, Denis Villeneuve, uh, however the fuck you say his name, Villeneuve, uh, is making Dune. Yeah. Uh, should come out next year, but there's a lot of casting talk. Um, Timothy Chalamet is going to be Paul Atreides. Stellan Skarsgård Skarsgård is uh, Baron Harkonnen, and Oscar Isaac is probably going to be uh, Duke Leto. I don't know. I don't have any of you guys read Dune or I've, watched. I've never Dune. read it. I've seen yeah. like the David Lynch one. Yeah, yeah. this movie's no yeah. good. Which is yeah, not good. But, but I've also I feel like I keep hearing that people think it's an impossible thing to adapt into a movie. It's it's pretty tough. Uh, the book is amazing, but it's one of those stories that kind of like throws you right in the middle of a lot of political intrigue without explaining where you are and why. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, you know, like a 600-page book too. So there's too much going on for one movie. Um, but I'm still, I love that book so much. I'm very excited for this remake. And it's one of the few things in the news. So. Yeah. Oh, t- yeah. Tumblr is creaming themselves that Oscar Isaac is playing like Timmy, Timothy Chalamet's father or whatever. Honestly, maybe a little young if I'm going to be I picky. I think so too. He's yeah. like he's supposed to be this ki- this you know king who is old and wise, kind of a big mentor. And Oscar Isaac maybe seems a little young to be the old wise king. Yeah, was, yeah. I was say he was old and wise in X Men yeah. Apocalypse. So point against I him. I sold it. Short. 
yeah. those wide shots in Apocalypse. I, I feel like <laughs> this Dune movie is gonna be uh, is gonna be really good. Like everyone's gonna go, holy shit, this is the best version of Dune ever, and it's gonna make no money. Yeah. Just like Blade Runner, <laughs> yeah, forty nine. Yeah, it's gonna be a really rad movie that not enough people see. Yeah. Because it's going to be probably three hours long. It's going to be awesome, though. Yeah. It's going to be so cool. Um, all right. So uh, on to maybe our major topic for the day uh, in addition to the news. Uh, so we want to talk about films that are wonderful, great movies that you never, ever want to have to watch again mm-hmm. for one reason or another. And maybe we can talk about commonalities as to why. There's an amazing movie, and you never have any interest in seeing it again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll start. So I saw Silence last year. Uh, Martin Scorsese, you know, one of the best directors of all time. Mm-hmm. Hates the Japanese. Hmm? Martin Scorsese hates the Japanese. <laughs> he does hate the Japanese, I guess. Um, but it's a great movie. It's it just it's too long, too plotting. Um, you know, there's powerful filmmaking, lots of wonderful shots, really great acting, even from um, Garfield, who is pretty iffy, I think. But I think the the themes of the movie are about you know your your own personal religion and how how much horribleness can happen to you in life and still keep that dedication, faith. the it's faith. About faith, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's tough for some people, especially if you don't have faith, you might not be interested in the movie at all. Um, but it is beautiful, and it's in you know feudal Japan, which is a pretty fun place to visit. I, I watched this on a plane. Oh, boy. And, I mean, that may, that may have been the best scenario because, like, you're trapped yeah. with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And it is long, but it flew by for me. Oh. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it flew by for me. And it f- some movies are long, and they don't feel like epics. And that makes them seem re- like... This movie feels long, and it also covers a long period of time and a lot of ground, and there's so many locations and new settings and new challenges and stuff that I, I actually kind of really enjoyed it. I get what you're – there's some scenes that I think that I would just, like, never want to see again. Yeah, is it like it's graphic of, or brutality or, like yeah. – There's a lot of brutal yeah. torture, There's definitely some torture. I would say it's not, like, Passion of the Christ where it's like, oh, I don't want to see the blood and gore. It's more like – God, they came up with the absolute worst not blood and gore way to torture yeah. someone. Well, um, Scorsese is a master filmmaker, so he doesn't necessarily need the gore mm-hmm. to get across, like, the horridness of the torture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking to commonalities, like, torture for me is, like, probably number one. Yeah. Like, I do not want to see people be tortured. Um, and Or, you know, not just your your when you think of torture of, like, someone being tied up to a chair and tortured, but no, something like Passion of the Christ where... It's just it is torturous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, probably an excellent movie. Yeah, but I'd never want to sit through that again. It's just gore for yep. for two hours. Yeah. Um, but at least, what's a movie that you really love and think is excellent, oh. but would never like to watch again? Oh, <laughs> uh, I thought of the one the top one in my list. I don't love, and uh, I I <laughs> never want to watch again. Do you recognize again. it as a good movie? Uh, I get. Maybe I not. think it's a, an important movie. It has some important themes, but. Uh, Solo, a hundred years of, of Sodom. It's a garbage movie. <laughs> it's a garbage movie, it's kind trash. of, but it's it's it was like one of the worst viewing experiences of my it's life. Terrible. Um, it's about like Sodom and Gomorrah. In, I mean, it's it's tied to themes of like biblical themes, and it's tied to uh, Dante's like Divine Inferno as a template of torture. But it's like these 
college students in Italy are abducted by these um, aristocrats and taken into the mountains and like they do shit to them. Uh, but it's supposed to be a metaphor for like fascism in Italy. It's, it's just like, uh, it's a ride. And like, like these kids aren't allowed to poop for days, which is my personal, like, <laughs> like, cause like I always tell James, like if I don't poop one day, like take me to the doctor because I'm going to die. Like it's just not possible. After for one day? Yes. Absolutely, hundred oh, no. percent. Huh. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You How's today that. going? <laughs> it's well, good. also when they do poop, they're like forced to eat it. Oh my god! It's, like it's just like the worst. It's it's my what classic. Movie is this? Solo. What is <laughs> it? Solo. Hundred days of Sodom. I'll put it on my Netflix days. DVD so list. It's like a hundred days of Sodom. Um, you still get the DVDs? I just restarted it. You ever, what a hero! You oh, ever Solo. hear about something like either a book or most often cases a movie that's described as just like like horrific but you're intrigued like, mm-hmm. like Serbian tale or yeah, not Serbian, 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 Serbian film is a perfect example <laughs> Serbian tale We're, sounds like like Fido is going to Croatia and yeah. <laughs> and uh, but you like read the Wikipedia article uh-huh. and you're like oh my god this must be so compelling or like you're so interested in it and and then you're just like oh so this is an example of having watched it yeah read the Wikipedia okay <laughs> it's you get everything that the movie gives you and it's faster it's and you don't have to watch it the movie is so excruciating when you're not doing torture it's just you're you yourself are being tortured just the worst extended dialogue sequence hey deer hunter but something mm-hmm. I I like is like um, uh, sympathy for or Mr Vengeance. It's on my list. Yeah. It's an excellent film. It's fantastic. Um, But I like Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. It's feel good movie. I will will watch that many, many times. Because it's feel good. Um, Old Boy, I I don't like Old Boy as much as people like it. Yeah. I mean, I like Old Boy a lot, but I think that I'm going to say out of the three, Old Boy of the Revenge trilogy. Old Boy is my least favorite, still acknowledging really? that that it is amazing. Yeah. But something about Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance is just so, so fucking, it's such Brutal. a downer. It right. all starts from just like one bad decision that spirals out and then it's just constant. Sometimes there's situations generally in like television dramas where if one person just spoke up right. and just explained it, it would all be resolved. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing where it's a movie that's all that over and over again, except it justifies not being able to explain it in the scenario, like something happens. Mm-hmm. And God, it's just like watching some one mistake just lead to just the domino fall of just shit. Yeah. And dry humping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it is, it's just, it's hard to watch. It's yeah. really hard to watch, but, but man, it's, excellent. it's so good. It's so good. Um, but yeah, like you said, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance I've is seen that more, a bunch. way more cathartic. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's, you feel at the end of it like you're like, oh, okay, I feel better. And Old Boy is great, but I think Old Boy is, you know, maybe better made. But in terms of just like that narrative of it, it's just like, it's, it's so. Yeah. Speaking of Park Chan, have you seen Little Drummer Girl? No. No. I really want to watch that. I know. I was hoping that someone would tell me it's good. I did see The Handmaiden, though, which was my favorite movie of like a year or two ago. The scissoring? The scissoring with the little the metal balls yeah. or whatever. That You talk about a feel-good ending. 
Hemming is excellent. It has got like it three is. turns in it. It's incredible. It's yeah. it, I stand by it. Like it was like the best movie of two years ago. And it by was, the way, it was fantastic. He was a film critic before he ever made a movie. So suck on that, P.T. Anderson. <laughs> 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 he was calling other things shit before he showed everyone how much better he was than them. <laughs> so Josh, are there any really great movies um, that you never ever want to see again? I think I mean the the standard one that I feel like comes up a lot is Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. yeah. Which I've seen I have I actually seen twice. I saw it in the theater. That was one of the few movies that uh I got to go see like before I was 17 like my mom took me to see it. She's like you need oh, to see, you need to see this movie. Wow. Uh yeah. That must have been traumatizing. Uh I mean I, don't I mean I don't know your relationship with your mom, I guess. No, it's I mean, fine. I did accidentally go with my mom once to see um Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, that's she nice. She didn't, not just us. It was a, it entirely turned into a double date because we were going to see, I was supposed to go see American Pie. They wouldn't let me go see American Pie by uh-huh. myself, even though she was buying the ticket. So you got to go to the movie with your mom. So me and my friend went with my mom and her date to watch Eyes Wide Shut. So For that's context, cool. Josh's Which, uh, mom has seen Aquaman three times. She has. If you want to know how that movie reached a billion dollars, it's, <laughs> it's my mom. She was literally, I shit you not, she, she uh, was in a group message today saying she was headed to Burger King because she just found out that they are giving away toys in their Your mom sounds pretty cool. Yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> no, she's very cool. Just her movie opinions are. Hey, there's nothing wrong with Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did you buy should. her a big Aquaman fleece br- blanket for Christmas, though. Aww. So I feed the obsession to somebody. <laughs> uh, here we go. Yeah. Eyes wide shut. Or uh, Requiem for a Dream. Um, I was thinking of his other pie, too, before oh, this. Yeah. is also a great oh, movie, yeah. but I have no desire to see it again. Yeah. Um, I've only seen this once. Yeah. I think a lot of his movies are this way. Yeah. What was the. Um, Mother, 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 yeah. Maybe Maybe you're better off just not watching that one. Yeah. (laughs) I think what's what I think is interesting about these movies though is that it's not something you consciously think about. For me, what happens is I think about a movie like like Requiem for a Dream, and then I suddenly realize that it's actually been like 15 years since I've seen Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. and then I don't think about watching it again because you got it. Yeah. Not that well, you didn't necessarily get it, but I I was going to mention one. Can I mention, mention one, Dan? Sure, sure. Well, I was going to say, what what comes to your mind when you think of Requiem for a Dream? Sorry to cut you off. I mean, ass to ass. Yeah, ass to ass. It's the horribleness of it. It's the, it's the, yeah. And the saw, that arm getting sawed off. The gore. The most disturbing for that whole movie to me is that that old woman's downward spiral, though. That's what I was just going to say. Like, her thing, because isn't she obsessed with, like, a refrigerator or something? There's, like, a game show or something that she thinks she's going to get on, so then she starts taking pills to make herself skinny. Oh, God, yeah. She's, because she's just... Like you said, it's a downward spiral, so it's just you're just seeing the constant progression and, of and, it. In some some, ca- some ways, her scenario is the most like opioid epidemic in a uh, developed country kind of thing because they're like the, uh, the the other characters are all kind of like crimey, you know, like right. they're young and they're like obviously they got into it over their heads, but it's still like they commit crimes to do things. And I think as like a regular person, a middle America person or whatever, you're like. Well, I'm not going to commit. I'm not going to just start doing heroin. You yeah. Know, so I don't have to worry about getting my arm cut off. But she's just like a woman who's lived her whole life. And then this one thing that should have been okay sent her down this spiral of just self-destruction. So is that, is that the common denominator then with all these is that they're all sort of downward spirals and they all usually have bleak endings? Uh, I have one with a very uplifting ending. Oh. Because it's at the beginning. Oh, no. 
Irreversible. Oh God, that's uh, the Beyonce song. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd say I've only listened to it once. <laughs> but, yeah, um, irreversible. Wonderful I movie. I don't fuck. know this movie. Irreversible. Oh really? Monica Bellucci. Now. Monica Bellucci. You haven't seen this. You should watch this. No. Movie. This movie is. I'll give you my DVD. This movie is a masterpiece, except for the part at the end where it becomes really French and flashes on screen everything beautiful. Beautiful must die or whatever. Beautiful and, young Monica Bellucci. So, so this movie, every single the last scene of the movie is the first scene. Okay. So it's all plays out in reverse, and then every fall, every next scene is the scene that would have preceded it. So it's like Memento. Yes. Similar. Yeah. yeah. Not. Yeah, it is. It's like Memento. It, it's just it. I think it's not confusing. Yeah, like the timeline's time. not confusing yeah. at all. But basically, basically the movie starts at the end with these two guys rushing into a weird sex club and murdering the fuck out of some dude. Okay. They just like brutally murder him. Vincent Cassell. Vincent well, it Cassell. actually starts it's off with two guy. people like having it's a conversation in a room nearby and the camera doesn't stop moving. It's like a single shot. Yeah. And the camera's just, it makes With you like sick. police lights. Yeah. And then they drag some people out of a club. And then the next scene is spiraling through the club. And then the next scene is what happened in the club. And it's these two guys show up at the club, beat some dude brutally to death. And then uh, and then it keeps going back and back to these guys are look these there are two dudes looking for this guy. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Goes back, goes back, goes back, goes back. Ultimately, you find out that they're looking for this guy because uh, Vincent Cassell's girlfriend, Monica Bellucci, was just brutally raped after he got into an argument with her mm-hmm. and she left the party alone. They were supposed to leave together. Yeah. Also, the other guy is also kind of in love with her. But she's brutally raped, and you like find out. Oh, that's why they're chasing down this it, dude. That, that oh, okay. scene is one of the hardest things mm-hmm. I think I've ever. Yeah. Like, uh, you're literally. There's a point. Of, you know, looking away. There's from the a screen. point where you see. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Where you see the they set the camera down, okay. and leave them there in this empty hallway. It's like so a the tunnel, two actors, it's like a tunnel under a road. The two actors to just do whatever they were going to do. Okay. Like the direct, no one was present. And there's a point where you can see the camera get set down so that way everyone can like leave and they can do their shit. Mm-hmm. But it's all one long shot and it's it's brutal. Hmm. It is brutal. Yeah. All you can do is just think about how Vincent Cassell and Monica Bellucci are a real life power couple yeah. to yeah. get you through it. Yeah. That's the only thing you can do. But, and but, listen to the Beyonce song. But then the worst <laughs> thing about it is after you've been through all this anguish, by nature of how the movie is structured, it ends with all the good times. Yeah. Right. They're all you happy know, together. Like, it would be like a revenge thriller, yeah. but told backwards. It's mm-hmm. like So then it's like all the good times, and that's what you're left with at the end of it. And so knowing it is worse. And then there's also, I will say this, what makes this stand out more than some of the other ones that I had on my list is that this movie needs to be watched twice. So it makes it so bad. And I won't say why. I can tell you guys afterwards. Okay. But you, you're supposed to watch this movie twice. Um, and that's what makes it even worse. Because oh, okay. it's like now you're trapped in it. <laughs> <laughs> but God, it's so good. It's so good. Dan, but, do you but, have but seriously, one of the worst things I've, I've yeah. seen in my entire life. He also, at the beginning of that film, uh, I think all of his films are probably like this. You probably want to see him once because they mm-hmm. make you – marvel at his filmmaking skill but they disgust you and make you want to throw up Mm -hmm. but at the beginning of irreversible he's also he's playing a frequency uh that's hard to hear Mm -hmm. uh i forget what 
hurt rate it is or whatever, but um, it's actually known to make people feel ill while the camera is kind of spinning in circles. Mm-hmm. Huh. So it's, it's a real mind fuck. Yeah. I'll Do go, you I have one, Dan? Wait, so see this trailer you're playing right now and Enter the Void? Yeah. Guess what? Guess what? Netflix DVD I have right now. Ooh. Enter the Void. Oh, sitting, you seen that? Sitting, no, sitting Same in my guy. house right now. Same guy. Streaming. Because I wanted to see. I saw the trailer for that climax movie uh-huh. that he did yeah. recently, and it looks so insane. I was like, I think I'll see that. And then they were like, It's the guy that did Enter the Void. I go, I haven't seen that either. So I'm, I'm doing my own backward tale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And true. I assume it's not going to end well for me when it you get to the not. beginning of my story. No, and he, he is a fascinating filmmaker, but yeah, all of his stuff is rough. Yeah. It's just hard to see. Um, if I've got one, here's another one. Um, I think there's a lot of great movies that you only want to see once. But Russian Ark, it's, uh, it was a film. It was shot with one shot. There was, they, I think they did it a few times. But they did the whole movie with one camera moving through this Russian palace. And just as a technical achievement, it's fascinating. But Is it supposed to be the Romanovs? Honestly, I can't. I can't remember. Okay. It, it, it didn't have that much of an impact on me that I remember. I remember getting really tired of it. Um, but the just the technical feat of yeah. executing this like a flawless play essentially um, was it was it was fascinating to watch once. For God's sake, I'll never ever watch it again. Mm-hmm. Is the um, is the movie boring? Is that like what's the what's the flaw? <laughs> it's just like really pretty. It's, but then it's you're Russian like, history, um, and it's in Russia. I don't you know. It's been so long. I just remember being kind of blown away by what they were doing, mm-hmm. and then not at all taken in at the actors or the story that was going on. So it's um, all that they basically f- took a giant Russian palace. It's and, a museum now, I think. And set up a bunch of different time periods. So mm-hmm. like you're basically like, oh, we're going in this room. Everyone get ready. Get your marks. <laughs> and then they do a ballet from like the 1800s. And then it moved. Then the next room is in the 1900s. Cool concept. But yeah, I cool can concept, see how but... just you're like you you never stop to ask if you should. I think, <laughs> yeah, I, I also know nothing about Russian history, essentially. Well, so you know everything about Russian I, history. I think being completely lost in the story didn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, is this Ron? I've seen Ron. I, I, I love Kurosawa, but it's it's a movie. I, I'm glad I watched it once. Yeah. Um, but I never need to see the it. The ending I, is great, though. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't spoil it, but... <laughs> There's, I, there's great gore. There's a really great gore shot at the end of this movie. Th- there's another Kurosawa film called uh, Matadayo, I think. And it was like, I think one of his last films. Mm-hmm. It's really, uh, it was good, but man, it's so fucking boring. It's just about this old teacher who is like what it's like to be in his retirement or whatever. And then at some point, the bombs drop and they're like putting their lives together again. But I don't know. The, the the only thing I really remembered it <laughs> was the fact that there's a cat with testicles mm. that he liked for friends, <laughs> which is something you don't see very often. Um, I, I think some movies on my list are, are movies I might have seen in like film school screenings. That yeah. like, yes, this this is a great moment in film history, but I never at all need to revisit it. Yeah, it's just too dry, too hard to follow. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of uh, UT in Austin has a great. Uh, like film library on campus and so I used to do like between classes I would go and like rent a DVD of whatever and check it out so I ended up watching like Seventh Seal or something mm-hmm. or whatever it's called yeah, yeah. and like all like stuff like that like mm-hmm. just random movies like oh this is on the AFI top 100 and mm-hmm. I would just like burn through them all and so yeah you end up watching a lot of like one time things like yeah I appreciate the craft of this I'll never watch this again I but. think it's like the Criterion Collection um, <laughs> conundrum where you're like oh, man Criterion Criterion Collection has curated all these films. They're supposed to be just 
amazing gems. None of them seem interesting to me. Like it's like you don't like French New Wave, uh, you know, here and there. But I think Solo was part of that Criterion collection, oh, and we didn't see how that worked out. I, well, I have one movie that, like, I guess most people find it reviling and tough to watch, but I actually don't. And it's Melancholia. That was on mine. Yeah. You don't. You have a hard time watching it. Yeah, yeah, See, yeah. for me, I, no, I could watch that a hundred times. Because you have depression. Because, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's because, I think it's because if you if you have ever experienced depression, you just relate to it more. You just can kind of, it's like reading between the lines. You see the matrix and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I, I identify with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, this isn't hard for me to watch. It's just uh, an but externalization. It's, so it, it, I've never understood depression better than watching this movie. Yeah. Um, what, what's going on here? So it's a two-part. You want to – it's like – This is your favorite movie, at least. It's not my favorite movie. I just think I could watch it, and it fa- does not phase me. She's getting married. So this is the inverse of, of our subject. She's getting married um, to a Skarsgård, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then kind of just like on the eve of her wedding, she's like, nah. Well, <laughs> it's, it's like the most beautiful – it's supposed to be the best day of her life. Yeah. Her whole family's here. She's in a magical thing. It's a ceremony. It's just amazing. And she seems to have a she's got it all. husband or whatever. And then at a certain point, she just like walks away and she's just fucking miserable. Yeah. And then her sister's like, what is your problem? Like, we've done all this for you. What is your problem? Why are you being this way? And then the like husband's like, can we bang? Like, yeah. it like transforms from this beautiful day into the harsh like sad as truth perfect as everything is, she can't r- understand why she's still sad. Yeah, mm. and so the ha- scenes where she's happy, you're gonna have to cut that. Um, the scenes where she's happy, <laughs> it's like really fake and stuff. But there's also a world-ending event that's going to occur. Right. I would say then the second half of the movie is it fast forward, and like there's there's a comet <laughs> that's headed towards Earth. It's like two completely what? separate what? movies. Yeah. There's a comet that's headed towards Earth, and everyone is flipping their shit. But she's like, cool she's, as a cucumber. Yeah. She's like, hey, man, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. a comet blows, blows into Earth. And it's really interesting to see how her depression affects, like, the joy of humanity and then also the suffering of humanity. Yeah. And she's, but she's the same. Yeah. But I, I was, like, watching it and I was like, God, this movie just must be, like, what it's like to be depressed. And I was reading about it and it was Lars von Trier was dealing with this depression, so he wrote a movie about it. <laughs> so what, what is it that brings you back to that movie? I don't. I, I mean, it's beautiful. Visually, it's beautiful, it's but I think it's just knockers. like it's relating. Yeah. You know, if you can watch that. <laughs> is that what brings you back, Elise? Yeah, I think if if you can look at that and go, oh, this is an externalization. I have. I never finished this movie. Yeah, oh, I like this. I don't know why this is on the, this the list. The coward Robert Ford and yeah, it's like three hours long. The yeah, coward, it's too long. But it looks coward. beautiful because it's Roger Deakins. Yeah, so he's the it champion. Looks, it looks beautiful. But I think there's a commonality between a lot of these great films that I never want to see again. And some of it's when they're three, four hours long. It's just too much. Yeah, too much. Well, I have one that's short. Yeah, The Orphanage. El Orfanato? El Orfanato, you're yeah. right. <laughs> um. Well, because The Orphanage is a different movie that people confuse with. I, I remember once recommending El Orfanato to someone. They went and rented The Orphanage, like an American movie, oh. and then were like, that wasn't that good. Are you sure it wasn't The Orphan? Oh, The Orphan's great. I don't know. <laughs> with their fake teeth and, <laughs> yeah, um, it's so good. Yeah, the, this is a tough one. The I've Orphanage s- is tough just because it's, it's a horror movie that's even scarier once you get to the end. Right. Um, it's, well, it's, yeah, it's built on a twist. And when you know the twist, it's like, 
you're like, all right, well, it's hard for me to watch the rest of this movie because I watch the movie ever again. It's a depressing twist. Knowing the twist, (laughs) knowing the twist, it's not scary. It's just sad. Yeah, Um, it's still a good movie. And I also watched this with my roommate Jake over a Christmas break where we were staying in L.A. for Christmas, and all of our roommates were gone. So it was just me and him. So we decided to go see this movie. We came back really late at night, and the door was ajar. Oh, no. The door is ajar, and one of the lights was on, and we were like, oh, shit. Like, did someone break in? And we pushed, and this was after we had seen this movie where there's there's a scary kid with a sack mask. And then so we, like, pushed the door, and neither of us stepped actually into that house. And then that's when we realized one of our roommates had come back early and left the door slightly ajar. Oh, I think I know that roommate. Yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) She's the kind of person that would leave the door open. Um, Um, So, yeah, if if you're really freaked out after watching El Orfanato and need to change your underwear, throw those out. Get yourself some Mack Weldon's. Um, They make the best in the game. Mack Weldon is a modern men's essentials brand that believes in premium fabrics, smart design, and simple shopping. Mack Weldon makes men's essentials elevated by technical innovation. Your Mack Weldons will be the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, and sweats that you will ever wear. I know I treasure my Mack days. These essentials are designed for daily wear, and they don't just look good, they perform well too. You can wear them on weekends when you walk your dog, or to work when you're paying the bills. They are perfect around the house or outdoors, and especially at the gym while you're working on your fitness. Mack Weldon has a premium silver line of underwear, shirts, and socks that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor, keeping you fresher for longer. You can do your yoga or your squats, and your gear will stay stink-free. Mack Weldon is so confident you will love their products, they feature a try-on guarantee. If you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can keep it and still receive a full refund. They also offer free shipping on all orders over $50, and they always have free returns. So go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your entire first order using promo code FILMHOUSE20. That's promo code FILMHOUSE20 at MacWeldon.com. So, let's talk about some more horrible movies we never want to watch again. Or actually, great movies that we never want to watch again. Yeah. Mm. We've been burning through them. I'm looking at Emily's peeking at your list here. My um, girl. Oh, man, I love using that as a <laughs> verb at people. Like, when I, it's like a threat to put bees in their, like, you know, desk. <laughs> like, I'm going to mu- fucking my girl you. It's That's awful. Yeah, it works well. It's a fine movie. Do oh, they back down? They Yeah, they always do. Um, the... I will say this. My Girl was this is totally unrelated to anything, but My Girl was the first movie where, as a kid, I realized that actors look different in real life than they look in movies. Because I remember I was like in love with that girl. I thought she was the most beautiful girl ever. I was like, I don't know, eight. And, and then I saw her on an interview, and she looked totally different. I'm like, that's not My Girl. Oh, and that's when you that knew that is. women that wear makeup <laughs> deceive you. Yeah, it was a trick. It's all a trick. <laughs> oh. And then you had that you had that South Korean wife, and then you you had kids, and they were all ugly. And it turned out she had had plastic surgery, and so you sued her. Mm-hmm. Right? Have you read my book? <laughs> <laughs> what are, um. you, are you referencing something that's going way over my? My girl has like a sad moment, but I don't know. Th- this just falls into the category of just like rewatchable, but you just turn it off before the end. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Like, it there's is certain very movies that aren't like I can't stand to sit through this again by nature of the film and then other movies that are like ah, oh, don't you hate that like part at the end where it's bad or whatever like I think about like Radio Flyer oh yeah Radio Flyer is like, great they're like it's a fun movie but at the very end you're like waiting for the moment where the dad's 
the abusive dad's gonna come in and they're trying to get the thing to go and they're like, and then he launched away and I never saw my younger brother again. It's like, he crashed, he's dead. <laughs> so there's certain movies that I'm like, I really enjoy watching, but I just don't want to stick around for the last act or whatever it may be. Yeah. Do you think there's gonna be a trend change though? Because I feel like some of these movies, like people watched because your choices were so limited growing up or like they were on TV or this is what was in theaters and now it's it's a you know free for all you can watch whatever you want so like you can I know like Netflix uh, like CEOs done interviews about like how do you get people to watch better stuff and not just junk feed like how they curate your feed and things like that and uh, I don't know do you feel like people are going to be like these movies that people barely watch anyway are going to like slide even further back as like you know Probably. more cooking shows pop well, up there's always <laughs> a spot in the carousel for the critically acclaimed. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where these, I, I feel like they hang out. I just thought of a movie that Is I saw. It it's not on this list and it's relevant. It's so fucking good. I haven't seen it again because I just, it was made me so stressed. Whiplash. Oh, Whiplash is oh, yeah. Whiplash amazing. Is so good. Oh yeah. Um, I loved it. I love J.K. Simmons. Not my J.K. Simmons. Not my tempo. This is yeah. not my tempo. He is not my tempo in this movie. He is too mean. <laughs> um, Oscar-winning performance. Not my tempo, but it, it's so good. I just, I just can't. Why would you can't? It's stressful. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's an anxiety, you know, pill in the form, or not pill, but anxiety uh, crisis in the form of a movie. Like, mm -hmm. just, just when he's the way J.K. Simmons is abusing him, and you're watching it, and you're like, I can't. Yeah. Like, I would. I was cleaning my house when I when I just threw this movie in, and within like ten minutes, I had stopped and was just glued to my couch for the rest of the <laughs> runtime. Like it's 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 a you're just uh, yeah. I just Nadia loved that. Nadia wasn't there. <laughs> but have you seen it yeah. since? No. I only saw it the one. Supporting too. your theory. It's just yeah. it's just hard. Oh. So, oh no! <laughs> Not the Is it because you like J.K. Simmons and you don't like seeing him be so awful? It's he was it's already um, awful to Spider Man. Why is this kid any different? Hold on, guys. He was awful to uh, the older brother from the television version of Weird Science in Oz. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. Spider Man is not the he, first he, time he, he was a bad guy. He kind of played an Aryan um, for a really long time. How many Whoops. times? How many times did you watch Oz? I watched Oz a lot. I mean, it's this Oz kid that that feels. It's this kid that's being singled out in this class. Yeah, it's, he's between a rock and a hard place. He's already really talented, and this guy's making him second guess his talent. And right. I, I just, I have a problem with like people in creative spaces who feel like they can abuse the people around them because they're creative geniuses which is like J.K. Simmons whole MO in this yeah. I really just don't that bothers me a lot can I take the counter argument here as someone who's ridiculously talented <laughs> I, <laughs> I my whole my sick. whole life I've wished for a mentor like that who could push me over that edge into the sun and I, he's, I haven't found him yet so if you're out there <laughs> reply in the comments below <laughs> Maybe they haven't seen. Let's find you that mentor. <laughs> <laughs> we should get Josh. It's buried. Um, have any of you guys seen Elephant? I have not. This uh, movie's yeah. fucking brutal, um, just because it's too real. Um, for you that don't know, it's kind of a it's kind of a Columbine movie where it's very much a Columbine movie, but it is um, very documentary like. The camera's kind of just Van Zandt? yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a few filmmakers I think that would appear a lot on lists mm -hmm. like this. Um, but it's it it's one of those movies where the camera just kind of hangs out and watch the things that are happening very mm -hmm. clinically, uh, which just makes it feel that much more real. And then it shows the action of the shooting a few times from a few different perspectives. Um, 
it just it hits you in that place where you're like, I'm watching something that it looks like how it might have happened. And it, it hits hard. So how much of the movie is the shooting and how much is just like the, yeah. the tension is build The up? main premise is the school shooting. Yeah, well, that, that is point. the entire premise. Yeah. And it, oh, okay. it is uh, like, was it Klebold and I forgot the other guy's name. Good. Um, yeah, they should, they should be names. forgotten. But, it, you know, I think this is a movie, you know, I think this might be 10, 15 years old now, but mm-hmm. it's, it's just is modern and comments on things we're going through right now. Do you remember if it was watching. like controversial when it came out? I, I think it was. Uh, it not to. I don't want to spoil something about it, but it, it takes a a few things that people said about those shooters that might have been rumors and makes them real. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't necessarily give you an explanation of why they did what they did. Um, it's just you know a, a day at this school and then things go wrong. And it, it shows it a few different times from a few different angles. Um, hmm. So the the shooting is I, I, 20, 30 percent of the movie. Okay. Maybe. Um, but yeah, just too fucking real. But it takes place over one day. Yeah, it's just the one day. Gotcha. There's another movie that's too real like that. I can't remember the, the name of it. The one about the woman that lives in the motel near Disneyland with oh. her kid. Uh, Came out last Florida year. Project? Florida Project. Yeah. Florida Project oh, yeah. is too real. It's good. Yeah, it's excellent. Really yeah, good. but it's just you just feel filthy after watching it. And you're like, eh, I yeah. Know. I feel like every year the Os- the Oscars are always like the best barometer for. It. There's always like two or three that are like, yeah, pretty good. But then like eh, the yeah. once is enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have, yeah. So an- another movie that I think is oh, amazing. Boy. Oh no! But it, <laughs> no, it's a horrible oh, no, downer. No. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, for our audio, should have said something about spoilers up front. Um, oh, this is a trailer um, for Grave of the Fireflies yeah. for any audio listeners. Yeah. Um, but this is a beautiful movie, uh, but it is fucking brutal to watch. Um, eat the uh, dirt. Eat the yeah. dirt. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> uh, orphans of World War Two. Yeah. yeah. Fun, 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 fun. While yeah. we're bombing Japan. And it's just like, but it's just brutal. Oh yeah. And I, two, two kids trying to survive on their own. Um, after their mother gets burned to death, essentially, yeah, uh, and they run away from their evil aunt it, or something like that. There are still people out there who have doubts about like the like animation as a medium, the power, and not a genre. You know, like and like who animated films are for. This is like, I mean, this came out years and I years. I mean, this is ago. like eighties. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. but like. It's funny to think that we can still have that debate to did it today when this movie already exists. And it's not for. There's, yeah, it's yeah. not for anyone. I'm not old enough to watch. <laughs> we bought this like ten years ago, or whatever. We kind of bought it blind, where we were like, "Oh, Miyazaki, let's buy it." I wish we had. Why didn't we buy Ponyo? Oh. Why didn't we buy? <laughs> we better, we better if he told you it was Ponyo and then hit play. <laughs> well, this when, this, when this originally played in Japan, there it was a double feature with Totoro. Oh. So, nice. which one came it's, first? That's a good question. <laughs> What would be better? I don't know. Felix, like you got to watch this then, Tony. Yeah, you need a palate cleanser. Depression fest. But I amazing, like, right? Um, yeah, no, it's yeah incredible. No, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I never ever ever need to see it again though. No, I don't think so. Um, so there's another little commonality in movies that I think are on this list, and it's movies where the dog dies. Mm-hmm. Um, what is this? Is Marley and Me? Uh, I feel I like I haven't actually seen this. I haven't. It's a movie you need to see. I feel like people that. I, I've, no, I've never seen this movie come up. I feel like people watch this movie more than once. I could be wrong. I've I, never seen it. Well, I think the only attribute about it that people don't like is that the dog dies, right? Right, yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, you don't want the dog to die, but again, that feels like a my girl type situation. Right. Where it's like, oh, well, you can have a fun, lighthearted romp 
in a silly, slapsticky, goofy movie. Yeah. But you just have to understand that you turn it off before the last 15 minutes, you know? Sometimes I feel like I watched like Old Yeller multiple times as a kid. Oh, was that Jennifer Aniston or <laughs> Owen Wilson? <laughs> it's nowhere where you need it to be. But they buy a dog it's and Jimmy it dies. They say Phoebes. Phoebes. See, you don't know. <laughs> when she says Phoebes, you don't know if it's Jennifer Aniston or Owen Wilson. <laughs> Um, I, I've heard you guys talk about Hachi. Oh, it's would, terrible. Would you, would you, you ever watch movie? it again? No, I would never watch it again because it's not a good movie. Oh, it's, it's poorly made. Uh-oh. And then that's what makes it even worse <laughs> is that I was weeping like a child <laughs> at the end because it's the story of the, the actual dog in Japan from, I think, Shinjuku well, or whatever. I don't think it's the actual story, but it's just based on that story. Oh, wait, what, well, is, no, wait, I mean, yeah. Yeah. what does Richard Gere do with that dog? Is it? He makes love to it. Ooh. No, he he basically. Do you you have you been to Japan? I have. You know I, that statue of the dog. Mm-hmm. That, oh, they, that's what it is. It's that they oh. basically t- made that into a full length movie with white people. With white people. Is it in America? Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh. And and it, but they still call him Hachi or whatever. But it's <laughs> the same kind of dog. It's as a ghost that in the dog. shell kind and of. And then basically, randomly at this train station, they Richard Gere finds a puppy. <laughs> He's are, are we gonna get James I can't do it. Uh, the dog. Oh, so no. he makes it. The dog makes it. What? No. Well, the right? story is that he be, he has his beloved owner, and he always waits for his owner to come home from the train station at work every single day. Mm-hmm. But Richard Gere one day goes and then has a brain aneurysm or something while he's at work, and so he never comes home to the dog. So the dog keep the dog keeps going. Can you put your so, arm around James John? So the dog <laughs> the, the dog keeps going to um, wait for him. At though. the train station every day. Yeah. It's so sweet. And the dog looks exactly like my dog oh. who had died like six months earlier. Does he so does Richard Gere come back? Yeah, he they rebuild him again. They actually it's a real it's like basically like mostly stuffed hay, yeah, which is kind of a face on it, and the dog is convinced. I thought it was going to be because I, I mean, not knowing the story of Hachi, the I thought the dog was he was going to go out and the dog would not be there, and it was going to be like a Minority Report, like a crime, like a missing child crime thriller, except it's the dog. No, like I left him at the arcade machine, and he's. It's also weirdly set up because like there is no happy ending in that movie. Like, what happens to the dog? The dog just gets old. They just go like, oh, they, man, it's like yeah. hard cut and they're like, now the dog's old and the dog oh. lives under the train tracks because the family moved away and the dog didn't want to, they were like, it's, come it's, with us. Yeah, so, but the dog so did, was like, no, if, if I leave, I won't be here when he comes home. Hmm. And so the dog is basically homeless for his whole adult senior but life. But all the townspeople take care of him because they know how you go, how you no, go. Yeah. But no one takes it in. And then <laughs> he doesn't he, want it. Well, he doesn't, he, doesn't he refuses it. because they try and take him to uh, away from the train station and ultimately the resolution is that the wife, Richard Gere's wife, comes home and is like, she comes back to visit the town and she's like, it's okay. Like, it's okay, Hachiko. You can die now. It's okay. Like, don't, oh. you did it. You did a good job. It's okay. And then Hachiko dies. Huh. And that's it. Oh, uh, spoiler and then they, like, though. A statue for it. There may or may not be a scene where Hachiko gets sprayed by a skunk, but someone else has to deal with the skunk that spray is as true. well. Yeah, the first half of the movie is like a slapstick <laughs> skunk. <laughs> <with> <laughs> Richard Gere, how are they going to take care of this wild dog? And then the second half is an old dog dying a slow, miserable death. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty awful. Um, any anyone got anything else? 
I mean, there's. I think there's a lot of these movies. We can yeah. go on forever and ever, but we've we've got a podcast here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot. You got your Schindler's List, your Christ Passion, you got Zookeeper. Okay, good. Zookeeper. Uh, Elise, could you watch Robin Williams movies still? I mean, I still do. You do? I just. I mean, I see a picture of Robin Williams, and I get emotional because <laughs> I I love that man. You know, and honestly, you know, the hardest thing for me that's gonna be for me right now to watch is Super Dave Osborne. Oh, oh yeah. Because, uh, uh, no more curb for you? Bob Einstein just passed away. Yeah. So, But uh, Robin Williams, I mean, it's just, what a beautiful man. <laughs> a beautiful man. Uh, we, we were talking about P.T. Anderson at the very top. Um, I think he's an amazing filmmaker. I don't know if I ever need to see There Will Be Blood again. I watched it a second time. I really? loved it. Really? Yeah, I mean, I didn't. Want, I watched saw it in theaters, and then I only maybe in the last two years or whatever it was on Netflix, and I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, watch it again." I was like, "Yeah, it was better." I really? actually enjoyed it. Yeah, because the pacing in the theater felt very unconventional and very long. Yeah, but it felt better watching it on like Netflix at home. Hmm. I only I only saw it once, but I did not like it. So maybe I'll watch oh. it again, and it will um, it'll cause a revival. I guess, and to your point of irreversible, you have to watch it twice. A newer one that you did not go with me to see when I saw it the second time was Hereditary. Oh, so good. But I think you need to watch it a second time. Oh, yeah? Hmm. Um, I thought that's definitely a candidate for this because that movie is fucking stellar. But I I, I was given the option to watch it a second time and decline. But I think that's personal preference because I don't find it yeah. Unwatchable. For I will multiple say times. that that theater being in that theater, maybe it's just because you were in there, but that was the most tense theater. <laughs> uh, I was there. Yeah, <laughs> that, I, that I sat in all year, and I like you know I saw Quiet Place, and that was fine and fun, but like man, that hereditary, like it, it just like it, oh, it's got gotcha. you. I had a great time because I knew when everything was coming. Yeah, and I was thinking I was sitting between you and John Risinger, so yeah, I was just starting back and forth. I was just waiting <laughs> for like to see you guys react to stuff. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. He did that to me last night when we were watching. Inside number nine, and when like the sound would cut out, you'd be like, oh, like looking like, oh, got you. Because <laughs> when we did it, we were fucking with the whole thing. So I was like, you would be like, what's going on? So I was like, oh, it didn't take the laptop. It was like my own personal, like, like, four D. What did you show Inside number nine. What is that? Oh, it's like my favorite show. It's like, it's like, uh, Dark comedy, Black Mirror, um, Black Mirror minus technology, dark comedy with it's almost like two, a little Tales from the Cryptish too. Yeah, very much Tales from the Crypt. Two guys st- write and star in every episode of it, um, and it's all one location. Uh, it's pretty great. I've brought it up on this podcast a few times, mm-hmm. um, but they did a Halloween live episode in October. And it was brilliant. A live mm-hmm. episode. Because I mean, yeah. live, you know, in England. Um, we all, I had to watch it on BritBox after the fact. But um, if you were watching it live, it was a very fun experiment. Mm-hmm. And these guys are brilliant. Yeah. I love them. That was a weird little trailer. All right. Um, well, thanks for coming around, you guys. Uh, a lot of these movies, I, I think there's a lot of them that are great. Are there any commonalities you guys can think of other than maybe length? Or some horrible, brutal scene that you never want to live again. I mean, there's emotional attachment. Sometimes yeah. when you when a movie creates a character that you like a lot and puts them through a lot, whether or not it's good or bad, sometimes that's that's emotionally exhausting. Sometimes, mm-hmm. and I just don't know that I always have the strength for it. Yeah, you kind of put it with Robin Williams. There's an actor that you like or don't like. You're like, oh, this movie's really good, but man, I hate watching so and so. Or or hate realizing that you'll never see a yeah. new movie with him again. 
Josh, what about you? I was, I was trying to figure out what his trailer is, and I was really, this is a movie I've also only seen once. Yeah. Hostiles. It was, it was a pretty good movie. Yeah. I'm never, ever going to watch it again. No. Um, uh, no, I think it's, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just downers, and you have to be, I think, like, my mode when I watch that stuff is, I mean, I, I think I've actually kind of felt that going into this year, because I realized I just watched a bunch of garbage last year. And so this year I've been more like when I'm in more of like a high art minded, like I got to I have to consume good things and be smarter than I start watching stuff that I know is going to depress me anyway, just because I'm there for the craft a lot of the time. Yep. There you right. <laughs> no, uh Yeah, thanks for coming around. I'll see you guys next week. And if there's anything that you guys think is an excellent film that you never, ever want to watch again, and we didn't mention it today, uh, comment about it and let us know. Yeah. Hopefully, stop talking about uh, Broly. So thanks for coming around, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>